0: Welcome, friends, to the Girl Mom Podcast. This is Carrie Kampakis, your host. Today's episode is about being quarantined with teenagers. While some teenagers are handling this time at home well, others are not. And as parents, we're always looking for ideas on what has worked for other families and how to bring out the best in our teenagers and our relationships with them, especially when they're under our roof. While every family is different and is working with different circumstances, I hope these thoughts and ideas offer a little inspiration for you As you figure out what works best for your family. Thanks in advance for tuning in and enjoy the show. If you have teenagers, you've probably spent a lot of time in the past worrying about them when they're not under your roof. Especially on weekends as they drive around with friends and get their social fix, you may worry about everything from their safety to their whereabouts to whether they're making good choices. And when you finally hear your front door open at 10, 11, or 12 o'clock at night, you may sigh with relief and find how your heart suddenly feels lighter because a small load of worry has been taken off your chest. Your baby's back home, safe and sound, and all of your children are under your roof again. At last, you can go to sleep in peace. Normally, this is what parenting teenagers feels like. Normally, we live for those moments and days when everyone is together in the nest, safe and sound under our roof. Since March 2020, however, parenting teenagers has begun to look very different and very abnormal due to a global pandemic. As parents, we have what makes us happy, our family together under one roof, without the rush and demands of American life. But in many homes, the teenagers aren't happy. In many cases, they're bored, they're eating all the food in sight, and they don't understand why they can't go to parties or congregate in large groups like many of their friends are allowed to do. They're dying to be with their friends, especially if they're seniors and didn't get to say their final goodbyes. For college kids who were in their happy place and having the time of their life, being suddenly yanked home may have put them in a sour or tense mood because home life just isn't as exciting as life on a college campus. I can't pretend to know your current situation since every family is different, but I can offer some thoughts to put these circumstances in a positive framework. Again and again on social media. I've seen parents express how hard this quarantine is for their teenagers. It makes sense because teenagers are used to their freedom, they live for their friends, and they're in a stage of life commonly referred to by therapists as the narcissistic years because they can be particularly self-centered and focused. They don't always think beyond themselves, and since the beginning of time, this has been a major sticking point between teenagers and their parents. The good news is there's hope. As terrible and disheartening as this virus is, from both a public health and an economic standpoint, it is also giving families a chance to simplify, scale back, press the reset button, and question whether we even liked the life that our family was living before this crisis hit. What many of us have concluded, and will continue to realize as this crisis plays out, is how our lives were so busy and distracted before the coronavirus that we couldn't even enjoy special moments because we constantly jumped from one good thing to another. We were overwhelmed, Stretched thin and disconnected from the people we love most. We were identified as the most affluent generation in American history, yet also the most unhappy. Maybe our parents and our grandparents, who were shaped by the Great Depression and World War II, maybe they were on to something by their simpler way of living and thinking. Unlike us, they were resourceful because they didn't have the money to go immediately buy or replace things. They were patient because they had to save up and wait a long time to pay for a dream home or a trip. Or college education. They were appreciative because nothing was handed to them on a silver platter and they had survival skills because they were forced to make do with very little. Most notably, they weren't spoiled by comforts and conveniences or overwhelmed like modern day families who live in a world of excessive work, consumption, and indulgence where the goal is to be number one at everything and where kindergartners have sports trainers and middle school kids think it's normal to walk around in a pair of $500 tennis shoes. This virus is forcing all of us to rethink what is essential and necessary. It is shaping us and inspiring change in some of the same ways that the war and the Great Depression shaped our ancestors. There are so many extras in everyday society that we can easily live without. But what we can't eliminate or write off is faith, family, and friends. No matter what happens to our bank account or even our health, having a good home life can make us feel rich. So now the question becomes, How can we foster a home life that our teenagers enjoy during a quarantine? Even if they came into this situation kicking and screaming, even if they're pushing our buttons or jumping from being happy one minute to stir crazy the next, how can we create memories they may remember fondly one day? I have five thoughts on that. Number one, help them be creative. For years, I've said that teenagers are not given enough opportunities to tap into their creative side. They stay on a hamster wheel of monotony and routine that demands intense concentration, and what nobody tells them is how boredom can actually spark creativity. Having free time and being in a relaxed state of mind allows their mind to wander and daydream. This is why people often have their best ideas in the shower or while they're driving. As an ACT coach once explained to me in a conversation about speed reading, teaching someone to speed read is really about intense focus. He compared it to driving in a storm, where you have to be hyper-focused and singularly minded to not wreck. You can't think of anything else but that road directly in front of you. On the other hand, if you're cruising down a long and winding country road, your mind can relax and wander, and you may have all kinds of creative ideas that suddenly come to you. I believe most teenagers during the school year live in that state of intense focus, and that's one reason they're so stressed. They come home from school mentally zapped, and then they go straight to an activity that also requires intense focus. Rarely do they get to use that right side of their brain. But guess what? We now have a chance to encourage our teenagers to be creative. We can introduce them to hobbies that may become their stress relievers as life returns to normal. This actually happened to my daughter in ninth grade when she broke her finger and couldn't cheer or tumble for six weeks. I bought her some art supplies to keep her spirits up, and she ended up loving art so much that it became her stress reliever the following school year as her classes got more intense. Because of the quarantine and the extra time she's had on her hands, this same daughter has started baking cakes. She was inspired by some cakes she saw on TikTok, so we bought some supplies. Her cakes look like works of art, and she may spend a day working on one to get it right, yet she loves every minute of it. She said so many people praise her cakes on social media that it's encouraged her to keep going, and she's tapped into this hobby that's fun and rewarding and has also helped her discover a new side of herself. I would personally love to see every teenager in America come out of this quarantine with a new creative hobby. Whether it's art or music, writing, cooking, photography, making videos or jewelry, building birdhouses, growing a garden, playing the harmonica, or something else, there are so many ways to be creative. Sometimes all our teenagers need to get started is basic supplies, a gentle nudge, and some time. My friend Julie plans to paint a bathroom with her daughters this month. And she's inspired me to try and paint a geometric wall with my daughters, like some videos we've seen on TikTok. My friend Rebecca bought supplies to build a bookshelf after her ninth grade daughter expressed interest in making one. And I was floored by the picture of the finished product that her daughter did all by herself and is now using in her room. Even my friend with a college-age son said she had the best day with him recently, using bricks from an old home renovation to build a small house over a mulberry bush in their backyard. When her husband came home that day, she was grinning from ear to ear, and she told him it felt like Mother's Day. What began as a creative project soon became a priceless memory to her, and hopefully one that her son will treasure as well. Number two, lower the bar and conserve your energy. There are some seasons of life where we cannot operate full throttle, and this is one of them. Especially with schools going online, and parents working from home, or teaching classes from home, and parents suddenly and unexpectedly becoming homeschoolers on top of everything else, There's a steep learning curve currently going on for teachers, students, parents, and families. As our local education leader said, we are building this bridge as we walk it. We have to take our normal goals and workloads and drastically reduce them because problems and glitches are inevitable. Everyone is learning, and we all need grace for ourselves and others. This is not a time to expect perfection. This is a time to focus more on connection rather than education, and to know that the education our kids get as they live out this unprecedented time in history will shape their character, their mind, and their mindset more than any textbook ever could. A mom I know who has MS said the number one piece of advice her doctor gave her after she was diagnosed was to conserve her energy. He told her, you will not be able to sustain the same level of activity that you could before, so prioritize and save your energy for what is most important. Be careful what you commit to. This same philosophy applies to the quarantine. Nobody has a time right now for unnecessary stress or unrealistic goals. Especially for you, the glue of your family, it's important to practice self-care and to pace yourself so that you don't hit a wall or begin to get so irritated with your teenager or family that they start to feel like burdens. We're going to be on this road for a while, as we all know, so lower your expectations and know that a huge part of self-care is staying connected with your adult friends. I've made a personal goal to FaceTime a few friends every day, just to check in and talk to people who understand what my life is like right now, and it really does help me keep a sense of humor and feel understood in a very uncertain time of life. Number three, get your relationship with your teenager in a good place. Right now really is a prime time to grow closer to your son or your daughter. Never again will we have an opportunity like this with our teenagers as a captive audience. I've written an entire book to help moms with teenage daughters build better relationships. It's called Love Her Well, and it comes out in August. You can find the link on my website or in the show notes. And what I want you to know is that I wrote this book because, one, I've made a lot of mistakes that can help other parents. Two, I need the conversations this book will start. And three, I realized after six years of meeting teenagers and their moms all over the country at different speaking events I realize that nothing can help this next generation more than having a strong relationship inspired by God with a person who walks beside them daily. Even best-selling author and psychologist Dr. Lisa Damore has said that the most powerful force for good in a teenager's life is a caring, working relationship with at least one loving adult. Because of the work I do, and because I have four kids myself, three of whom are teenagers, I get a lot of emails and phone calls from parents whose teenagers are struggling. Most often, they are struggling with friendships and finding their place among their peers. And the teenagers I worry about least are the ones who are close with their moms or another key adult. I have seen time and time again how this relationship can help them ride out a storm and give them a sense of security when life feels uncertain. So, how do you connect with your teenager? How can you be their mom, telling them no, and setting limits when necessary while still being a safe place, a sounding board, and just an enjoyable person to be around? This is the question that every parent of teenagers constantly wrestles with. And a few things that I've learned to do are to listen closely, to empathize with my teenagers' current situations and try to understand what it's like to be them, to see the good in them and verbally point out that good, to limit the criticism and be wise with my words and careful with my timing, to apologize when I mess up and circle back around to ask forgiveness, to not turn every conversation into a life lesson or have serious conversations when they're in a lighthearted mood, to laugh and have fun, and just to support them in their hobbies and passions. I also recommend asking your teenager if there's a habit you have or dynamic in your relationship that tends to create a barrier that keeps them from opening up to you or coming to you with problems. Only do this if you can promise not to get upset and defensive and tell your child all the reasons why they're wrong. Even if you don't agree 100% with their observations and feelings, there's always truth in these admissions insights that you can take away to reflect on and talk over with god it takes a lot of courage for teenagers to be honest like this and by handling these conversations well and letting them know you want a strong connection and are willing to do your part you may open a door that inspires more honesty and better conversations next time i've gone through hard seasons with all my daughters and i have one daughter who i really struggled to connect with in fifth grade Everything made her angsty, including me, and the only two things that brought her joy that year were hot glue guns and Harry Potter books that she would read over and over again. Trying to find some entry point into her world, I bought her a lot of glue sticks and the Harry Potter movie set for Christmas, and then we binge-watched those movies the week after Christmas. This changed our relationship and got her talking to me again, and what I've learned through experiences like this is how relationships take work and initiative. As parents, we have to take the first step and sometimes get creative in finding ways to connect with our teenagers because typically they won't come to us first. We have to be the proactive ones. And though this quarantine is not an ideal situation by any means, God is using it to restore, reshape, and deepen family relationships that we've previously have not had time to focus on because we live such busy, distracted lives. Number four, use this opportunity to counteract the negativity that's been shaping your teenager for years. It's no secret that today's teenagers face epidemic levels of anxiety, depression, and loneliness. Research shows that they are lonelier than senior citizens, and their suicide rates are skyrocketing, with suicide rates among teen girls at a 40-year peak. What's interesting about this mental health emergency is the cause. In his book, Late Bloomers, Rich Karlgaard, the publisher of Forbes magazine, says all this increased anxiety has little to do with real-world danger. It isn't linked to events that normally affect mental health, like famine, poverty, wars, and security threats. What's even more shocking is how today's American teenagers have much higher rates of depression than teenagers who lived during the Great Depression, World War II, and the war in Vietnam. What this reveals is how their mental health crisis, which was making headline news before this virus hit, has largely been influenced by the way that young people today experience the world. In short, it has never been harder than it is right now to be a teenager. For years, this generation has been surrounded by intense negativity and critics who are waiting to pounce, both online and at school. A lot of their relationships are either superficial or toxic, And many teenagers don't even realize that they're in toxic or unhealthy relationships because they've never had a friend or a romantic interest who treated them better. Values that parents teach at home can easily get usurped as teenagers go to school or go out because this generation has been immersed in a culture with no moral absolutes, with a lot of snarky humor and bullying, and with very little empathy because so many people just look out for themselves. But now we can counter that. We can help our teenagers develop new mindsets and new mentalities that will help them thrive long-term. All that pressure that society puts on them to be superstars at everything they attempt? Well, looking at the cleared calendars, we now have proof of how quickly it all can be canceled, erased, and forgotten about. All those complaints that teenagers had about spring break being canceled? Well, we can now explain how life sometimes requires us to make sacrifices for the greater good. And giving up that dream vacation protects people like their grandparents, who they can now call every day since they're home. All that free time we suddenly have as families. Well, we can talk about how to use it for good, to help our elderly neighbors, to learn life skills like cooking and housekeeping, and to read the Bible and get really rooted in our faith. The coronavirus has brought to light some really serious and important subjects like mortality, life purpose, using our short time on earth to make an eternal difference, taking care of our bodies and our health, being grateful for small joys, being grateful and praying for our teachers, world leaders, and healthcare workers, being resourceful and not wasteful, living through a crisis that will go down in history, and seeing the upside of technology and how it can be used for good to keep so many businesses running and to also help us stay connected, informed, and spiritually fed through online church. If we use this time wisely, we can help our teenagers think about life's big questions, question the culture that's been shaping them, and decide who they want to be. As they return to the real world and the pressures that go with it, they will hopefully be changed for the better, more discerning with their choices and their relationships, and more attuned to God's Spirit inside them that wants them to live a healthy life. Number five, have fun, enjoy your teenager, and look for the unexpected blessings. My husband and his two sisters spent their entire childhood driving an hour each way to church every Sunday and then driving to Candom, South Carolina for every holiday and every summer because that's where their mom's family lived. At the time, they complained, of course, but if you listen to them reminisce now about their childhood, those car rides always come up as some of their favorite memories. What happened on those car rides, even as they complained or bickered as siblings, is just as important as what happened when they finally saw their grandparents. I recently heard of another family that moved into a small rental house as they built their dream home for two years. They had so much fun in their rental house, spending time together and making memories to last a lifetime that they ended up selling their dream home once it was ready and living in the rental until the kids finished high school. You never know what is going to bond your family. What may feel like torture today or even some forced family fun could be the memories that your children laugh about and reminisce over in 20 years. A few things that my family's enjoyed these past few weeks are taking long walks, painting, doing online Zumba classes and also some Zumba classes led by my 13-year-old dancer who has a great playlist of Broadway hits. Um, we've also enjoyed doing some Peloton classes, baking, looking through old photos, watching lots of movies, making TikTok videos, and eating dinner on the back porch. My girls have rekindled many interests from their childhood, like chalk art, painting, and riding bikes that has felt like a refreshing step back in time. Other ideas for families with teenagers are karaoke night, tie-dye and t-shirts, Board games like apples to apples, pillow fights, puzzles, reading, journaling, and nice dinners in the dining room. I have one friend who's been pulling out her fine china and silver and enjoying family meals cooked by her husband. I have another friend who's given each family member a day to decide the schedule. When her college son said he just wants to sleep, she said, Okay, then. On your day, we will all sleep. Some families are doing dinner theme nights, like Italian or hibachi, where everyone dresses up to do something different and fun. Families are also using Zoom to have chats with family members and friends, and Harry and I just recently used Zoom to have a cocktail hour with some old friends of ours in Huntsville. As this quarantine plays out, I'm sure we'll see a lot more creativity with Zoom and the other technology that's available to us to help us stay connected with the outside world, keep our sanity, and make the best of a bad situation. Again, we are all walking an uncharted territory with a steep learning curve. It's like when you have that first baby that totally rocks your world, and everything takes forever because you have a different routine and you feel overwhelmed. But the difference is, with this event, we don't have previous generations who can give us advice or show us how it's done. We don't have books we can read or experts we can listen to because the entire world has been thrown into foreign territory, and nobody knows what the future holds. We are building this bridge as we walk it, adjusting to dozens of changes simultaneously, while physically disconnected from our social networks and normal sanity savers. And the best we can do is take it day by day and focus on what needs to happen right now. A lot of together time with our family is bound to lead to some moods or irritations. But if we aim to be kind, to give grace, to listen to every family member, to apologize and offer forgiveness, to give each other room to have a bad day or even a bad week, and to keep praying faithfully, we can come out of this better and stronger. We can grow more cohesive as families and laugh a lot over the ridiculous memories we're making and the hilarious memes coming out of this experience that feel like an alternate universe. Our teenagers are growing up fast, yet these years are important because they set the stage for our long-term adult relationships that may last 30 or 40 years. Let's enjoy our teenagers, let's give them and ourselves room to have bad days and bad moods, and let's make the most of this time so that when life returns to normal, and our family is no longer under one roof, we'll part ways with full hearts and a lifelong bond that comes from weathering a life storm together. I'd like to close this message with a prayer for you and your family. Dear Lord, I thank you for this day and for each person listening, as well as their family. Help us be wise stewards of this time with our children and our teenagers. Enable us to see them through your eyes and love them with a heart like Jesus. We pray for your guidance, Lord, as we aim to connect with our children, speak to their hearts, and help them thrive. Protect the health of our families, be present in our homes, heal old wounds, and help us cultivate positive family dynamics and traditions that our children may want to pass on one day to their children and grandchildren. Lord, we pray for extra protection and grace for families who have loved ones with high-risk health conditions and for families struggling to stay afloat financially. Give them their daily bread and bring them the relief, support, comfort, and hope they need. Pray also for those on the front line of this battle, as well as our national and local leaders and decision makers. Protect their health and mental well-being. We thank you, God, for eternal life and the hope of Jesus that sustains us when life feels impossible. Help us stand on your promises and trust you so that we can walk in faith and not fear. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Friends, thank you for tuning in today. Your time is valuable, and I consider it a real privilege that you shared some time with me. If you enjoyed this show, please tell your friends, subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen, and leave a ratings or review to help others find it. To share ideas for future episodes, message me on Instagram or Facebook. In the meantime, stay well and know that I'm thinking about you as we fight this national crisis.